criticism of Cox. He can go on the not preferred. 200 centimetres. You can't do that. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. I said that with a lot of enthusiasm for a week that really doesn't deserve it. <laughs> the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant and in a very special show with me as always is Scott, but joining us tonight is uh, Essendon Premiership player and captain, Mr Gary O'Donnell. How are you, mate? Um, yeah, good considering, fellas. It's been a tumultuous year, topped off by a tumultuous fortnight. So, you know, the only way is up, but we've been saying that for a while, haven't we? Yeah, exactly. And um, uh, for anyone uh, who's under 20 and sees the history records, yes, Gary O'Donnell was coached for one game, but was not sacked after a poor performance. (laughs) (laughs) I think it might have been... They couldn't decide, and they all, but they already had a replacement for me, which is different in this situation. They haven't got the replacement. Yeah, exactly. So I guess let's talk about the elephant in the room, which is obviously uh, what's happened this week. Um, can you share me your thoughts of how what's transpired, uh, being a, a very famous person at the club? Uh, uh, ha- have you seen the week? Yeah, look, it's, it hasn't been good. Look, and I'm loath and I'm pretty wary to, to um, cast aspersions on anyone or criticise anyone greatly, but there'd be a few people in various positions that would be thinking they could have done things a little bit better. I think the biggest disappointment was that um, Ben Rutten was uh, still in the chair and we went looking somewhere else. If that was the case, I think... It either has to be done very secretly, or if you've got if, you, if you've got scruples, you uh, you move him on before you ask anyone else to do the job. Uh, if you've got an accounting company in there, so that that was the disappointing part. I think it was probably naive, considering what happened since then. Yeah, um, I think if they had their time again, they would have uh, moved him on. Um, you know, uh, earlier last week, but you know that's. It's happened now, and uh, the club has to move forward, and those all those people have to to move forward. Yeah, I, look, I, I tend to agree. I, it did make it, uh, you know, it did make it difficult when uh, for me that the the media got it wrong about his sacking on the Monday when. Uh, I believe they were just looking for a new president. Basically. Got got it wrong. They they just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> they did make it up, and. Look, the media is the media. We can't control the media. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and there's three or four people probably in the media, if they had their time again too, um, you know, there's no accountability for them, I suppose. But, you know, that, that's their decisions. They go early with things. They make things up at times. And, you know, that, that's the media. You, you can't control the media. What you can do is control what what's coming in and, and um, emanating from the footy club and that helps – um, mould the media ra- rather than just uh, allow the media to, to trample all over you. When you were a player, did you have much involvement, uh, like a board level or CEO level? Was there much interaction? Uh, not particularly. No, it was. It, look, it's a whole different era when I was playing. We're talking, you know, twenty five years ago. It's black and white days. It's uh, you know much smaller administrations as well. So you probably maybe had closer relationships because everyone was you know, on on the same page. Uh, not as many people, uh, not as many Chinese whispers within the club, I suppose. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and probably not as many agendas. You, you've got, you might still have had agendas, but you had less of them. So, uh, you know, really, a really different era uh, from when I played. Uh, maybe when I coached various clubs that, that had changed, but uh, back in my day, it was you know, when I first started. It was Barry Capuano as the CEO. Yeah, you know, there, there might have been half a dozen office staff. That's it. But yeah. uh, <laughs> yep. now you've got you know as many as a hundred in some of the clubs that uh, you know run multi-million-dollar industries. 
Mate, when you were in Brisbane um, as a coach, I, I hear a lot about at the Essendon Footy Club that the, the players are disappointed with the level of engagement about the potential change of head coach and then ultimately the change of head coach. Um, when you were in Brisbane, did the players what, – what kind of engagement did you give to the players and what were their expectations or were there any expectations? What do you mean by that? When if the coach was being moved so, on, or what sorry. they thought of the coach? Or yeah, what, what, no, no, sorry. sorry. What what input? What input does the playing group have? I assume through the captain on the performance of the coaching staff. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic. Uh, you've got to have, and in these days, you've got to have a three hundred and sixty degree you know, feedback situation. Everyone getting feedback, and everyone being able to accept it as well. Um, hear the message that's being made and then make improvements themselves. But there's a fine line between the tail wagging the dog as well. And um, you know, some clubs, uh, you get a, rare, uh, a particular playing group, and I'm not saying it's Essendon. Um, you know, I'm, I'm too far removed. I don't know what's gone in, on inside. Uh, you know, from the outside, it sounds like, you know, most of them were on board with uh, Ben Rutten too. So, you know, that, that's an interesting dynamic. But, you know, over the history too, you have little cliques of groups sometimes that uh, can, you know, wag that tail uh, hard on, of the dog. And uh, that's when you, you have problems. But, yeah, you do have to have open lines of communication that allow everyone's voice to be held, uh, heard. But then... Uh, people make decisions and everyone should stand by the, those decisions that, and hopefully they're made in the best interest of everyone. And, and it's an interesting dynamic. Some of the Facebook page, um, on our Facebook page, some of the posts that we've got um, say that the, the players um, felt like they weren't engaged enough and that they weren't consulted enough in the decision and like, I know, again, I, I, we, we appreciate when you say that you don't want to sort of cast aspersions or speak ill of of people or, again, like you said, you've been out of the SM Footy Club for a good period of time. You still know the ins and outs of it. My, my question is, at what point are AFL footballers employees of the club and when are they more than employees of the club that deserve a say about who the head coach is? Because the head coach is another employee employed by the board to do a job, I'd, I'd sometimes I look at the players and go, surely you should be looking going, right, who, who's our head coach? Who do we have to play for? And what's his instructions? Because it, I agree with you, it seems like the tail's wagging the dog a little bit. The des- uh, players definitely deserve a say, whether how much is listened. You know, you've got to hear their message, but then a decision is made you know, amongst all the different uh, areas of the club you get feedback from. If you're talking about the players um, didn't have enough, uh, um, uh, didn't think they were heard in regard to Ben staying on, once the club had done what they did last week, his position was um, untenable. Yeah. No matter how, uh, no matter how uh, uh, loved by the players he was, because unfortunately we're talking about the media and outside influences on the club, and that's a supporter base as well. As soon as you start to go a little bit downhill in 2023, if it doesn't start well, they're all over you again. Um, so you've, you, there's not a leg to stand on the way it, the way it ended uh, or before it ended. And I, I don't think his position was tenable. Um, yeah. um, and whether he was going to be the, the best coach moving forward or not, I'm not sure. I'm not within the club. I don't hear it. Enough, and I don't witness enough about you know the dynamics of the and the environment of the footy club. But the, the last three weeks of the season, the players could have had a better say on field yeah. for their coach <laughs> yeah, if they wanted to, and, that's the and big that one. was that was that was very lacking. And I know, and I've been in clubs um, both as a coach and and as a player, and it, look, it didn't happen as many times when I played. But when you couldn't make the finals. Uh, you know, and it, I suppose I was lucky. You could still make the finals even if you didn't um, really late into the, the end of the season. But it is tough to come up. But that's the that's the um, challenge of professional sport to, um, you know, put up a show, you know, under all circumstances, under all duress. And the guys that in those 
like in those last three weeks, the guys that do show something are the ones you go, geez, when it gets good again, we're going to go with you because you showed mm. uh, a bit of fight to finish off the year yeah. and play for yourself, your footy club, uh, your coach and your supporters. Yeah, I, we discussed in the show last week, uh, I was discussing how the the differences in what's happened and, and this is not to be a, a thing on truck, but I was I was just noticing the GWS last three weeks and Spike McVeigh having that kind of famous press conference where he really called it out and said, "We're not. This club is not going to just fold over for the rest of the year. We're going to fight. You know, I'm going to find out who who wants to fight for this club." And then next three weeks they beat us, but you know they're within a goal of uh, the Bulldogs. Um, and you know they're they're leading most of the game uh, against uh, a Fremantle, so they to me is like that's what I was hoping uh, would would have happened, and I'm sure the coach <laughs> would have hoping uh, that that has happened. And so even though you've got the truck situation, there's a you know I would love to get your thoughts. It feels like a club at so many levels across the board <laughs> need to be addressed. And I think even the players, accountability, where they're at. And, you know, I you don't have to say this, but I've I've called out quite a few times that I see selfish acts and I think it has to stop and I think it has to be called out. Um, and, and that's, you know, so there's a lot of areas that even just with a change of a coach uh, that need to be addressed culturally in this club. Oh yeah, look, and that's the, the the biggest positive out of all this. If there is one that the club are now going to do an external review and every yeah. position, so you know they're going to do it thoroughly, uh, forensically, from an outsider's perspective and independently, and it'll go from the chairman, and that includes the new chairman, yep, right down to you know the assistant marketing um, young fella that's. Uh, you know, doing his best to, to bring some money into the club in the admin. Everyone will be looked at forensically, and that's good for the footy club. I think a few people will probably be looking over their shoulder, though. It's uh, an interesting one. Uh, you know, and I, I think my whole life in footy and in sport, um, I think the club is bigger than any one individual, and that includes... Um, anyone off the field and anyone on the field. And I think at times in the last 15 years, every so often a person has been bigger than the club and that has been where we might have erred or uh, you know, allowed. And the, the competition is bigger than any club too. Uh, so we're going to get the whips cracking because it's been 20 years now and I've been involved in some of those years too. I was there for six years. Um, I had my chance as an assistant. Uh, you try to put your stamp on the footy club and um, yeah, we we were as a coach when I was there, we weren't uh, going all guns blazing so there's a little bit on me as well but that's a long time ago as well. <laughs> yeah. But um, we're going to get the whips cracking because the competition doesn't wait as well. So yeah. the competition's bigger than our club and uh, we're going to start thinking uh, a little more with a little bit more humility as well uh, to do the right things, to get ourselves back up there again and uh, deserve the right to be called a big club again. It's, uh, you've got to, it's, yeah, the, the game bites you on the bum real quick and you've got to be humble and you've got to be looking for improvement all the time and you've just, you know, there's just, I, I just think, at times in the in the club's history of the 21st century, uh, not always has it been that the club is bigger than some individuals. I I think you're absolutely spot on. Uh, that's you know that's so well said. Uh, uh, you know I can't I can't help think that for me almost if you look at this this last decade or so, you you I feel like we're almost Essendon Carlton have have been line by line as pretty disappointing if I'm being blunt and really it took to Carlton what 12 24 months ago to actually put their hand up and go you know what we're a rabble 
<laughs> and we need to be sorted yep. out. And no, they, they sacked somebody with a last name called Silvani in Carlton. They had to make some hard decisions. Yep. They, I'd be, yeah, they have. They, geez, they picked in the 2015 draft, they picked Perno and Mackay too, and we had two choices before them. That would have been handy. My God. I reckon they would have been, especially Kerno. Oh, yeah. <laughs> even though even though Kerno probably, you know, might, may well have cost Carlton a spot in the finals this year. Um, going to be a champion. Those two, <laughs> those two blokes. Imagine those two blokes in uh, red and black colours. Be, we'd be a different team. We'd Absolutely. be a different team. But, you know, that's spilt milk. But, uh, yeah, certainly, yeah, the, the more humility you show and then, you know, roll the sleeves up, get the hard work done, get all the, uh, the right you know, position, uh, people in the right positions, you know, the, the club that gives itself then a chance. With your time, I guess, as player, captain at Essendon, but also your time at Brisbane, what did you learn about a successful culture yourself? Uh, well, you know, I think just as we've just said, I've just said then, you just get all the right people in the right spot. Yeah. Um, and if you do, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily work either, but it, it, you give the best chance for a, a really good environment to start occurring. And then that environment allows your playing list to think that they're in a great position to get the best out of themselves, both as an individual and as a team. Um, and you may not be have the best environment, but as long as your players think that, and it's you know up it's up there in in best environments, as long as they think that, they're going to get the best out of themselves. Yeah. So, um, you know, with uh, Michael Hurley, it was um, really you know uh, sad to see him go on the weekend. Obviously, you know he he was finished. He uh, he's had some terrible bad luck and. Yeah. He's had all sorts all sorts of ups and downs during his career, and you know I feel for him too. When he mentioned that I haven't really had the stability behind me in my career that perhaps we were lucky to have, uh, you know, in the the twentieth century with uh, with uh, you know the different people that that uh, led the club, the different players that played for the club, and the, the level of, of consistent success that we had. So I, I feel for a guy like Michael Hurley and good luck to him and whatever he does uh, moving forward. Absolutely. It's a, just with the Hurley, uh, I guess, retirement, you know, you obviously got Heppel uh, coming to the end of, closer to the end of his career. And he's obviously got a decision to make as well that, that uh, about where he goes from here. Um, you've had Tipper Moody, who's 28 years old, retire. You've had Devin Smith, he's 28, 29 years old. And you're, we were already discussing this year about Essendon's age list being too young. So now you've got four 28 and over guys leaving, possibly leaving the club. I, I don't know about Haps yet. I guess from your experience as captain, the, the, the hard part for fans is like it's not an obvious about where leadership will now come from on field. And, and it feels like, a huge development area is through our mid-20s players to try, I don't know if you can fast-track maturity and, and, and leadership, but it almost feels like you either bring someone in or you or you work out who you've got. Yeah, it's an interesting word, fast-track. Um, people say, oh, we've got to fast-track the development of you know, our young playing list and you know, fast-track this and fast-track that. Uh, different people... Uh, develop at different rates. Yeah. And okay, you, again, you go back to the environment. You've got to get have the best, you know, development program that you can have in an environment that allows each individual to be moving at their quickest rate possible. So it might, may not mean that, um, you know, young Zach Reed is, you know, all Australian centre half back next year, but he might be, you know, in, in three, three or four years' yeah, time. Exactly. So, um, whereas, you know, someone come falls from the cloud, um, you know, and Nick Martin, who's, you know, gone from strength to strength during the year, although perhaps towards the end he got a bit tired, a long AFL season, even though he is a, a more mature age player. Um, you know, he's just come from the cloud. So, you, you, yes, when you, so you have to get the best or the fastest track de development for each individual player rather than, oh, the whole list has got to, be, got to explode because we all develop. Uh, at, at different rates, and 
Yeah, you know, look, we just—that's the key thing that has to happen. Probably, uh, who the next coach that comes in has to put in a some sort of development program that's going to bring a list of mid twenties type players into you know really prominent leadership. Um, now, whether that includes Dice, uh, look, he's been a wonderful player for us and a wonderful captain uh, under duress as well. Uh, he came in as a really young fellow in the saga as well. So he, he's gone through a, a mountain of stuff. Uh, since he's been injured, I don't think he's had the, you know, the penetration in his kicking and the penetration in his game. Yeah. Um, he, was, he was never quick, but he had that little fleet, you know, like that step, that little, you know, not as good as Pendlebury, but he had little side no, one used yeah. to, no one used to tackle him. He knew he had a really good awareness of his space. So, um, he, you know, he has to make a decision. The club will make a decision as well. I'd like to see him continue at the club, but he's going to – the selfish decision for him would be to go uh, – thinking personally, yeah, look, I'll, I'll go and somewhere else if, I, if someone else offers me a, a role somewhere else. Um, the really – the team-orientated thing for him would be to stay around knowing full, knowing full well that he may not get every game next year, but yep. – for him to be around the footy club will just be invaluable for you know the direction and the development of you know some young kids uh, coming through. When I was at the end of '98, um, I thought I had another year left, and I was 33, 33 and a half. And the boss Sheed said, "No, nah, you're gone, son. You're gone. Let's go. Let's <laughs> you're gone <laughs> into the sun. You're struggling." And um, I thought, no, again, there was, you know, the uh, salary cap, um, the veterans rule was coming in because I was part of the Players Association and so only half the salary was going into the salary cap. Yep. But not that I was on anything anyway. They, they offered, you know, two and six. You know, Peter Jackson was tied as that uh, yeah. that year. But um, so that wasn't – it was just to still be around. Uh, in hindsight now, after being out of the game for 25 years and coaching at various clubs for 18 as an assistant, I think it was the best decision for me. I, I think uh, the club had enough young blokes with leadership and you know, mid-20s and you know, late-20s with leadership that didn't need me to hang around and get in the way. You know, play half a season, get half the games, you know, half in the twos. But it's a different kettle of fish for Dyson because Di- I think we need a person like Dice to be around, but he's going to have to make a really um, unselfish decision to hang around because the game as an individual possibly will pass him by next year. Who knows? So, you know, um, yeah, it's a big decision for him, big decision for the footy club, uh, but I'd love to see him, see him still around as well. Two-part question, if I could be so bold. Now that we've got the instability of no head coach, the um, Gia and Cara are sitting there sort of in no man's land, wondering what their role's going to be moving forward, if at all possible. And it's a terrible, it's a terrible position to be in. Yeah. It is a terrible position. The, uh, so once the, you know, the senior coach, yes, he probably, the buck stops with him, the load goes on him, um, the only thing is he gets paid out pretty well. <laughs> and so yeah. it happens, yeah. you know, Justin Lepich, uh, you know, Michael Voss, uh, Matthew Knight, all got pretty well, you know, looked after and compensated and were able to go into other positions. I'm sure, sure uh, Ben will, will find another position as well, but he's getting paid out as well. But you've got all these people from assistant coaches, uh, people in the strength and conditioning, yeah. you know, your, your high performance manager. You've got so many people now that are in limbo. Um, have a spare thought for them as well. Um, uh, even though Ben took, took the whole uh, low because that's what yep. senior coaches uh, face. But uh, he'll come out of it all right. Uh, others won't. So, so you three quarters answered my question on that one, <laughs> and that is – what 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 is yeah. what does Gia and, and Cara do? Like as the main two sort of assistant coaches, are they sort of systems all systems go on the close out of the year, the review of the year, the close out and that sort of stuff? Because or is it just sort of draw a line under that guys, 
we'll, we'll tell you if you're employed moving forward and then we'll do a, a season review or I just I'm fascinated to know what happens on um, like this morning or the, to, to close out the season from a coaching point of view. Yeah, I don't think, I don't know who will be employed and who won't be, and I have no, yeah. I ha- I'm not close enough to the club, and I think that's an advantage too, um, not knowing. Um, what those I, – I give those blokes advice. They go full of a gate, hard as they can, uh, like Ben Rutten did in the last week, okay? He took the high road. He said, nah, I'm doing this job until they move me on. Mm-hmm. Uh, those, those blokes now have to do that. They have to um, you know, review. They have to do exit meetings. They have to do their bit because they may well be in roles and be valuable roles for the footy club moving forward. Sure. Um, an, ex- an external review will decide that and also the new senior coach will decide that. So I- I'd give them the advice of going full bore if they – if they want to, you know, keep their head held high and um, and be considered for, for jobs both at Essendon and somewhere else um, in the future. And then just to whack your player hat on for a moment, w- what do the players do now? I mean, I know they'll go through there, like you just said, the exit interviews and they'll all be um, looking forward to Bali or wherever they're going. Um, but does... Does Dyson stick around a little bit longer and talk to the club? Is he involved? Would he be involved in the the new selection process? Or I just I think I think at the moment the players just down tools. You know, have the week where you have your exit meetings, you have your your um, um, physical reviews. You yep. know, how, how your body ended up? Do you need operations? Do you not? And yep. I think the quicker the players can just switch off and move on. Yep. And be ready for when the footy club readjourns and they need to put their best efforts in okay. to have their best uh, personal best preseason. Um, so, yes, there'll be plenty of blokes that are looking over their shoulder because you know clubs do make changes. Yeah, they trade, they delift, they uh, you know it's a terrible industry for that. But the quicker you can just down tools so that. You can get back in about, you know, have two, three weeks. I'll have your four weeks off for some players, you know, getting back to active active rests again and be turning up whenever the club, the new coach says, we're going for it and you're going to turn up. And the, the team are outside the eight. So the 10 clubs outside the eight that have the most blokes that have career best pre- pre-seasons will be the club that improves the most next year. Okay, excellent. Excellent. So, look, we're going to go to a very quick 30-second break. Uh, We'll come back. uh, Just to prepare you for my first question, I just want to talk to you just about the importance of setting up a good VFL program, which your story is obviously front and centre about what can happen when you have a good VFL program. So just just to prepare you (laughs) what's coming up, we'll talk about that after the break. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now, they're not about you, Scotty, but I tell you what, there's no wonder this guy was uh, a captain of the club and a, a well-respected coach. You, you speak very well, Gary. You, uh, you you got me on the line of, of inviting Gary over for a, uh, a coaching interview just quietly. You're uh, very, very <laughs> forthright, very clear with what you say. I like it a lot. I've been away from the footy scene for about six years, and I'm enjoying my weekends too much. Just oh, really? Being able to relax and watch a lot of footy. So yeah. I still watch a lot of footy, and I still. Uh, but yeah, once you're out of it for six years, hard hard to get back in. But uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe some sort of off field role down the track. But I, I'm comfortable living in Perth right now. Would love that. So I want to get into, uh, I guess, VFL talk. So uh, the reality is. Like we mentioned this before, we're going to be a very, very young list uh, next year. We're going to have, what, pick four on the draft this year. So another, you know, hopefully exciting young kid comes into the system. You're probably going to have 
uh, Alwyn Davies' two sons come into the system. So you're going to have some exciting talent come in. And with that, you you, f- you need a good VFL program set up. So we've the last couple of years, I'll be honest, the VFL program hasn't looked great. Uh, and I think that's even admission from the club. We've had, um, I know, a footy operations uh, manager on saying, in all, you know, in all sincerity, we wish we set it up a little bit better. How important to you from your experience uh, is the VFL program to help a Zachary when he comes back, in, in you know, playing VFL? Or, you know, we even saw Harrison Jones go back to the VFL for a week. You know, having that kind of program set up and maturing and getting, and getting uh, good development into them. Yeah, and have, having good people around them as well. Yeah, terrific. So then, you know, that'll come up in the external review, I would have thought, too, and they'll probably look at, you know, obviously there's not a um, an endless pit of money. Uh, there, yeah. And there's a, a soft cap, I mean, a soft cap. So, uh, you know, maybe you pay over the soft cap just um, to be able to have the best programs you possibly can to get the best out of blokes. Um, yeah, uh, just getting people, you know, I, I imagine there's a, a few raps on Michael Hurley still being around the club at, at some point, you know, in some role. That it might seems be to good be, yeah. for some of these yeah. young blokes uh, coming through. Uh, if we're going to be any good, though, next year, I think you know, guys like Zach Reed should, and Harry Jones will be in the first. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It, it's that simple. And, um, you know, uh, both have had their issues, Um you know, injury, illness, uh, it's amazing. Um, I remember the kid Gumbledon, Scotty Gumbledon, pick two. Oh, I love that so kid. so much go wrong. Like, he just he just didn't have a body for league footy that allowed him to have his best crack at it. Who knows? A pick two, he could have been anything. We don't know. So we've got to make sure that, you know, you, you get their, their body, their development right. Um, you know, for example, Harry, poor Harry Jones, he... he Yes, he had some ups and downs. He's coming back from, you know, longer-term injuries. I think the round 21 game against GWS, he got, you know, much much criticism. The ball went in there about 30 times in a game, 28 times. The ball, they didn't move the ball. Um, I reckon the uh, Giants had about 80% of the possession because we don't win the ball back. You know, we don't work hard enough yeah. um, and have the systems in place to win the ball back. Um, early enough, and you know, whether it's fast transition or slow, we can't even stop slow transition in some games as well. They <laughs> just keep chipping around, chipping around, chipping around. They get into the front half of their field, come from the behind, and all of a sudden it's 20 metres from goal. So I hate to play key back uh, in our side at the moment. But, you know, Harry, he didn't get a, you know, he might have got you know, about three touches that game. How did come up there? So, yeah, look, I think we've seen enough of him, or I've seen enough of him. I think he's going to be okay, but he's just going to have to have you know, good people around him and, and him given his best chance. And then, and, and look, that's the encouraging thing. There's probably 10 or 12 blokes like that, that, um, you know, hopefully that uh, Adrian Dodoro has made the right decisions for, the, for those eight or 10 blokes to come into our club and, you know, eventually they'll be really good players for us. Uh, you know, well, I was actually going to ask you my next question, um, whether you want to elaborate on more because you, you touched a bit on it there. How would you see, a, say, a new coach coming in, say you were going for an interview, I know you're not, no, you're not but how would you, as a, as a either coming in as an assistant or a senior coach, looking at Essendon, what would be your uh, thoughts on the current list of what you've seen over the past two years? Because um, I know this year's been poor, but obviously last year had some a lot more better signs. But how how do you view the current list? Uh, look, and I don't know enough about the ones I haven't seen because I don't get to see them enough uh, with my time and you know, as far as second footy goes. So I can't yep. you know comment on blokes that you know might be just simmering away in the and in the twos and ready to bounce and ready to burst. So. Yep. I can only comment on what I've seen. It's not the list isn't too bad. Um, you know, it's just finding the consi- the consistency um, of effort. I think I think we pick and choose our our effort, and I think the club 
you hear players post matches talk about that as well. Oh yeah, look, we just didn't do it for long enough, or you know that was, you know, we uh, we didn't, you know, the, the opposition team probably have come out of that game bruised free. You know, you, and it's the players talking that themselves. They they know that it's just a consistent. Like, gee whiz. We had probably four games during the year that were real coach killers. And the Geelong yeah. game set the, set the scene. The Geelong game and the first five minutes of that game. It was such a shock. The whole year. Yeah. We never recovered because we bounced into the season with a little bit of good, albeit it's practice match form. But just, yeah, you looked, there was some encouraging signs. You know, we we're coming off a, um, a good second half of the year last year. And that was, that was, that was embarrassing. The round one game was embarrassing. Uh, we had three more of them during the year. The Frio game, the, the Sydney game, and the Port Adelaide game. And that's not even looking at the Giants game or the Richmond game that yeah. was, you know, just this week. Yeah. We had four big ones. You know, and you just can't... And look, and we did have a, a tough early run. Yeah, We had Geelong, Brisbane, Melbourne. But if you have a really competitive game against Geelong, the results of the Brisbane and Melbourne game might have been different because you just you, know, you bounce into the next game, you get confidence from yep. you know giving Geelong a real crack. But it was just so disappointing that first game. And you know, I you know, there's a guy, Josh Jacos, wonderful player for Collingwood. Looks like he's just gonna be something else. But he, when it's his turn to chase, he chases. Yeah. Now there was a goal he kicked against us in the second Collingwood game where they beat us after the sirens, yeah. that two or three blokes didn't chase like their life depended on it, like every oh. Collingwood player is doing at the moment. Yeah. And I don't want to name the players because they'll, they'll know and the supporters will know. There was three players yeah. chasing him and they didn't chase as hard as and, and as consistently as what you see perhaps Collingwood, um, Melbourne, Sydney, Sydney have been doing it for 15 years, mm. and Richmond. The fierce desire to get the ball back and fingers on the edge of the cliff, I am not going to let you score by hook or by crook. That's where we've got to get better. Just the, just the improvement in that area. The, we, I don't think we've defended very well for 12 or 15 years. There, are. We have okay. not that. And at least last year... We had an okay in the second half. An okay, we moved the ball well. When we had the ball, mm. we moved the ball well, ball well. This year, in the first half of the year, we didn't do either. At least we could hang our hat on something last year. So, um, yeah, things had to change. And where those changes get made, yeah, but that's what, what an external review will do. And the new coach, I'll be interested to see, Um I think his big challenge, because I think if we get our ball movement right, yeah, you know, we 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 can move the ball okay. Look, Nick Hines, Nick Hines for one, not a bad little player, but he's not a a close checking, hard ass defender, and he will get exploited at times. He will because he just is not that type of person. But yep. the game didn't allow him to. Use his strength is running from behind and bouncing and you know, moving the ball quick. You know, so many times he got it and just stood still. So he may as well not be in the team because, on the other hand, he's going to get exploited. Yeah. So that 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 really um, annoyed me at times. But you know, <laughs> I think just the, the next coach that comes in and look, and I'm low to uh, and you know, Ben Rutten may well have been the next. Oh, sorry, the, the the best option to move forward with. I'm not saying that. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not not saying that. He once that decision was made, he had they had to move him on, and that's that's disappointing. We'll never know. But the next coach and the next coaching regime has to teach these blokes how to consistently pressure the opposition to win the ball back earlier than we do. And if we do that will be some sort of chance. I, I reckon, again, we, we both completely agree with you, Carrie, because it's when you say it simplistically like that, it's it's very easy to understand. I, I've had conversations throughout the year about 
the, the defence is all – I hear all the time about the defence is awful, the key position players aren't performing, um, the back line looks like Swiss cheese, all of the above. I'm not saying, I'm not saying the defence. No, 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 no. the whole ground. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yep. Yeah, and I, I just want to, from your point of view, I look at the back line and I look at Rids last year who was nudging an All-Australian selection. Jaden Laverde looked like he was born to play in the back line last year. Um, Ken Fraser was right. Um, you've got Hindy, like you said, when when things are going right, he's a weapon. We've got uh, we brought over um, Kelly from Adelaide to look after the the smalls and that sort of stuff. Redmond, yeah. And then we had Redders and we had Heps down there, and it looked like um, and Andy McGrath every now and then it looked like a steady, reasonable backline, better than better than good uh, backline in my opinion. But I just think the the pressure that you were saying, the ability to win that ball back, and the the complete ability, sorry, inability to defend through the middle makes the the backline look awful because the 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 midfielders can stream through the middle of the ground and literally place it out in front of the key forwards, which everybody knows that you're off. It's awfully hard to get around Harry Mackay on a lead. It's real hard to get around Tommy Hawkins uh, on a lead and those guys. So my question to you is that is the, the, the real Swiss cheese look of the back line, has that got a lot to do with the, our mids controlling the midfield so that the mids aren't just their opposition mids aren't streaming through there? Yeah, a bit of both, bit of both, and it, it happens from uh, up forward as well. So to, for us to get, uh, and you know, Matt Guelph, he's had a, a pretty good year. Um, yeah, it's a really tough spot to play for a, a like a medium. So he's not a tall, he's not a small, but he's, yeah. you know, yeah. he's, 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 he's look, he, at least he works his bum off, and um, he's had an okay year. But the challenge for him, for him will be to keep improving in that area because the footy club's going to look for some real, you know, whippets, smaller blokes that can kick goals but also put pressure on as well. Yeah. Um, maybe it's the Davy boys, you know, maybe it's bringing someone in from another club that can do that, um, that start that starts the rot as in, um, or sorry, stops the rot of it getting out of there quick and then, okay, you know, mid, but I'll, uh, I'll go to Brent, like, uh, is it Brand? It's Brandon, is it? Zerk Thatcher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, last year, uh, you have a look and you go, oh, geez, I'm not sure if you're going to make it. This year, you go, geez, I think we might have found someone. He's still got a long way to go, and he's you know, he's still going to get stronger, and he's not quite tall enough. But how many times did you see him with his tongue dragging on the ground? Because he had so much work to do, the poor kid. Yeah. And that's his challenge. He's going to have to get fitter and stronger. But when he was when he was full of energy, he looked okay. So... If we get a, a, a really better balance of, um, you know, the ball in our forward line compared to the ball in their forward line, blokes like, you know, Zerk Thatcher, that's the environment for him to even improve again. And you might get a player out of him. So, you know, amongst all the, the doom and gloom, yeah, there's plenty of, plenty of um, examples like Zerk Thatcher that... Um, you know, may well you know, be big ticks for us moving forward. How do you, uh, as a, a midfielder yourself, uh, a lot of the salary cap is in the middle, <laughs> in the midfield uh, at the Essendon Football Club. Um, no doubt during the year they've had media um, scrutiny. Uh, and, you know, probably to his credit, Dylan Shield, you would say after the Sydney game, has at least put in a lot better performances. But... Um, how do you see the makeup? So I'll be honest. Some of the criticism you hear, um, it's not not that everyone's not talented, but are they actually a good mix as a unit? And what's the right mix going forward? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I think each uh, we're having an external review. I think every player individually has to, um, um, you know, forensically have a look at where they can improve. Uh, as well, and um, you, you picked Dylan Shield. He, um, ha, you know, he started slowly the season, um, uh, but but got better as the year went on. But I think I, I think I'm just going to say the whole side has to be more consistent in their approach yep. to winning the ball back and really being competitive in that area. Um, I think just just and he is a 
he is a one that is fleet of foot, so he, he does cover ground. But I think we need another one. We need some. We need a a gut busting running mid that just you know that you know, can go from inside to out, but also you know um, use it really well as well. We need another one. Um, mm. You know the Sam Walsh type. The you know the Dangerfield type, and I you know they don't fall out of trees either. But <laughs> yep. they th- that sort of player that just might complement our our overall midfield that um, you know, can at various stages in games plot a little bit. Yeah, and it, look, nothing against any of them individually. I think there was a tick there to, in the second half of the year with um, uh, Young Cordwell. Um, yeah, the run with uh, Joy, roll. Yeah, yep. the run with roll. Like to see that because that's how players develop. Um, it was good to see him have the humility to do it as well. And you know mm. what? That might be his role for a couple of years. Who knows? Uh, the new coach might have said, "Yeah, that will do that." And it just it, you develop a player on the run um, because he's got very, you know, he's only small. He's uh, yeah, look, he hasn't got that. You know, he's not the fastest bloke. I think he's handballing. He's, he's touching. He's handballing needs to improve in close as well. Um, but you get a player by, um, you know, finding out about players, and, and that was a, a tick in the second half of the year as well. And like, he's a classic example too of of where you think he's played a lot of games, but he hasn't. Like he's played 31, I think, or 32. No, he's um, a baby. He's a baby, he's a baby. Yeah. He's got so much to learn and so much to develop. Yeah, he is, you know, and, you know, at, at age 27, you might get a really good player out of him because he's had a slow start to his career, you know, due to various factors. Yeah. So, look, uh, I just first of all want to actually just thank you so much for coming onto the show, Gary. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I wish you definitely all the best. What What are you actually doing these days in Perth? No, I'm actually not working right now. I need to find some Monday to Friday job. So if anyone, any Essence supporters are in Perth, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm, that's, I'm in transition, in, in tra- transition. Okay. So uh, I, was, I was working for Simon Black's Academy over here. Yep. A little bit of footy coaching and uh, there was a tertiary um, diploma of sport development that they did. But, uh, yeah, um, that was... So I'm in transition uh, from that. I've done a little, little, little bits and pieces, but uh, I haven't done any coaching. So um, yeah, look, just I, I just think you know, play. And again, the club asked, and the, our supporters have been so good for well, for I reckon for ten years now. It's been really tough. And the club continues to go, oh, you know, thanks for your support and, you know, thanks for pouring money into us and thanks for signing up. You know, the club needs you more than ever. They need you more than ever. And you will, there'll be some people, there'll be a certain percentage of our uh, membership going, oh, geez, you know, another one, you know, wasted another two years. Oh, my God. But stick with the club. Stick with the footy club. Um because when it does get good, whenever it does, uh, we're going to really enjoy it because it's been a tough 10 years um, due to various circumstances. And I, I, I feel, I think somebody, somebody said, I, you know, I really feel for Ben Rutten. Yeah, I feel for our supporters as well. I feel for them. They have done it tough. Uh, we've had a lot of things go down that um, have been, yeah, rightly or wrongly, unsavoury. Um, and I think the club... The, the best thing it can do is to move forward yeah. with, uh, with uh, yeah, I think with people that weren't involved in that, that era, you know, rightly or wrongly as well. Um, but, uh, you know, the club will make the decision and the, the board will make a decision and we've got to trust, again, that uh, the board, or oh, sorry, the external review is making the right decisions. That's and the key part. The board, then the board take on those decisions yeah. and it may well be that uh, there's certain decisions made about the board as well who knows yeah absolutely yeah look uh from a from a member's point of view um gary for me do i wish the club handled the last week better boy i wish they did but i will say and this is me being honest myself this is just me talking no one else i'm glad someone stood up at the board and i'm glad 
that someone pushed for an external review. That's just me personally. I think I was, I've been calling for it. Um, this show kind of has been calling for it. Yeah. Uh, and I think it had to be done and, yeah, again, I wish we did it better, <laughs> uh, but it's happening and all you can hope for is that there's a lot of bravery and boldness uh, of what the recommendations come out of this. So, uh, and then, yep, like you said, we restart and uh, and I think you made a great word before and said the club needs just to have some humility, uh, understand where it's at and start and building the blocks again of trust and 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 just slowly, you know, it might happen slow, it, it, but just rebuild its brand, rebuild itself, rebuild its culture, uh, rebuild its grassroots connection to its members, if I'm being honest, and, and just block by block, uh, improve year on year, and then I think that flows onto performances, hopefully on field. And the harder you work, the luckier you get. Is uh, That's an the old saying. Thing. Craig, yep. Craig. Craig Lambert, an old uh, adversary on the field, but uh, uh, an assistant coach uh, at Brisbane with me. The, the luckier I get, the harder I work, the luckier I get. So, you know, Draper, Hobbs, Cox, Perkins, Durham, Jones, Reed, blokes like that, just young blokes that we haven't seen a lot of. Yeah. You know, they're the ones that are going to, as well as our, you know, mid-range players, our, you know, Zach Merritt, who's had a good year. You know, had him different times at times. And he'd be one that he has to stick off that defensive side of his game as well at times. But had great years. You know, we, we've got to um, congratulate and celebrate, you know, some of the things that have happened at the footy club. But, yeah, a lot of hard work to do. And, uh, yep, yeah, uh, hopefully things change. There you go. I think we're not going to say much more than that, Gary. I think that wraps it up. I, uh, um, to reiterate, Scott, mate, I really want to thank you for, for coming on today. It's, uh, it's always good to hear from someone who has been there and done that. Um, I know, like you said, you've, you don't want to sort of um, speak ill of people. You, you have, you're not sort of deep in the middle of the Essendon Footy Club at all, but I know the listeners tonight will really appreciate your input. Um, and uh, we, we thank you again for coming on the show. You are more than welcome, of course, to come on at any stage in the future. And um, maybe, uh, who knows, we'll see you, like you said, as a role in the club in the future. We, I can assure you, every Essendon supporter would love that. So thank you very much, mate. We really appreciate it. All the best, gentlemen, and uh, go the Bombers. Thanks, guys. <laughs>